12 minutes is depressing. After wrapping up the campaign, I found myself disliking every character in the game. Is there really any such thing as an irredeemable character? Let's talk about it. Folks, welcome to Checkpoint Church, where nerds, geeks, and gamers come together to talk about faith, games, and bad ends. I am your nerd, Pastor Nate, and if you like these weekly deep dives, be sure to sub, hit that bell, and find out when our next one drops. Folks, we're going to be starting, as always, with our scripture. This one is coming from the Gospel of John, chapter 14, verses 23 through 27. As always, I'll be reading from the NRSV. That's my preferred translation. It's what's going to be on the screen. If you have another translation that you prefer, feel free to use that one instead. Jesus answered him, Those who love me will keep my word, and my Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words, and the word that you hear is not mine, but is from the Father who sent me. I've said these things to you while I am still with you, but the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not let them be afraid. What is 12 minutes? In this game, from the mind of Luis Antonio, the artistic director behind games like Max Payne, Manhunt 2, and The Witness? That's an M. Night level twist right there. The player controls the husband, who comes home from work and is surprised by a fancy meal prepared by his wife. His wife announces that they are expecting. Then, suddenly, their evening is interrupted by a cop who accuses the wife of murder and asks her where she is hiding a pocket watch. After much confusion, the cop then strangles you, the husband, to death. However, you don't actually die. Instead, you go back in time 10 minutes to when you walked in the front door. The game is voice acted by absolute legends who do a pretty decent job of presenting their characters. You have James McAvoy as the husband, Daisy Ridley as the wife, and Willem Dafoe as the cop. Now, wait, I know what you're thinking. Did you just say 10 minutes? Why did you say 10 minutes if the game is called 12 minutes? Well, isn't that a conundrum? Let's let that serve as a big old spoiler warning for this video. It's a short game and honestly is a bit of a hit or a miss. If you're easily triggered by domestic violence, crime, mental disorders, and or horrifying life choices, you should probably just skip this game anyway. The objective of this game is to investigate that mystery over and over and over again learning new important clues, finding important items, and yes, drugging and killing the rest of the cast in the game. This game goes to some really dark places, and eventually you learn that, seriously, I'm about to spoil the entire game, the man and wife are actually half-siblings, and the world we are experiencing isn't even real. It's a fictionalized dream palace where the man explores his sexual fantasies about his half-sister while he's being beaten by his father, who hates him, by the way, after discovering that the man loves his half-sister. Okay, if that plot sounds convoluted, it's because it is. If it sounds pretentious, whew, man, it really is. And I write sermons on video games, anime, and cartoons, so I know about being pretentious, okay? But I think this game has something to teach us, and it comes from that fundamental disagreement that I have with the creator of this game. There are quite a few ways to end this game, and there are seven that kind of come to a bad end, and then the loop starts over. However, there's only one ending that actually reaches a true conclusion and removes the ability to continue the game entirely. This ending is called the mindfulness ending and can only be achieved by checking the book that your sister wife is reading in the dream world and hearing a quote from it. It's only by forgetting that we ever really drop the thread of time and approach the experience of living in the present moment. 
This is a quote from The Botany of Desire, a 2001 novel by Michael Pollan, where the author analyzes how humanity has domesticated plants, and plants have in turn domesticated us, which, seriously, only makes this game that much more pretentious. But again, I am a nerd preacher. Humble thyself. Once you hear this quote from your mind's eye in the mindfulness practices of your living dead non-wife, current sister Ray Skywalker, that allows you to trigger a new ending in the first two minutes of the titular 12 minutes, where you actually flash back to reality and are having a chat with dear old dad. In this two minute chat with dad, normally you have the option to have your mind wiped, which allows you to mess things up again, or you can choose to be alone until you get bored of exploring an empty apartment and end up finding the pocket watch and starting things all over again. But if you know the mindfulness quote, you can recite that quote to your dad and he will offer to help you move past things. This will work for starting the game over, but it still won't actually change the events. However, if you look at the pocket watch as dad is talking you through the mantra, then you will reach the true ending of the game. Dad will change his dialogue and begin talking to you like a therapist. Which brings to mind, is this a therapy session or is it a confrontation from dad or what is it? It just convolutes it all over again. Either way, dad therapist will say that all of this has been evidence of your overactive imagination. And it's an impressive imagination, says he, but it's not healthy. Instead of continuing in the false world, it's time to end those delusions and begin to experience the real world. Suddenly, you're taken back to the opening screen of the game, but the game itself is gone. You cannot start a new game. You cannot continue. Now, you can go to the options, or you can quit the game. If you go to change the options, you can do a hard reset, and that way you can actually do the game. I wish they had actually done what Undertale did and made it more in the back end of the code and made you look for a way to start the game over. I just think it would have made the impact more lasting, but nevertheless. I think this is Luis Antonio's major argument. The way that this man's story ends is by you, the player, stopping the story and letting him live his life. And it's that true ending that I actually have some trouble with. The be-all end-all argument from Luis Antonio here is that the only way for the man to move forward is to accept that forgetting and going forward into the future is the right answer. But that's silly. Who's to say that the man doesn't make the same mistakes in real life that he did in his dream world? He didn't know it was a dream world, and yet he still drugged his wife. If you took the coward's ending, then you literally let your wife get murdered in the next room over and then lied to the police saying it was suicide. The man in this story is not well. And assuming that just because he's no longer living in this dream world, he won't make those mistakes again, it doesn't make any sense. It also isn't fair to continue living in that false reality. I'm not getting at that. But what I am saying is that the conclusion of this game falls short of any real redemption. The only character that really gets redeemed is the wife, because she was never even real to begin with. She's just an amalgamation of the man's thoughts about his sister. Which, by the way, I am just now realizing that this is another series where James McAvoy plays multiple characters. <laughs> Whoa. So what is the answer then, Nathan? I already hear you asking. Let me guess. Is it Jesus? Well, sorta. At the end of the day, we are a church and I am a pastor and the Occam's razor of it all is that yes, Jesus is the answer to the question, but there is more to it than just that. In our scripture for today, we have Jesus preparing his disciples for his eventual ascension. He wants them to be aware that he isn't going to be around forever, and he isn't talking about the crucifixion. He's made it clear he will bodily die and be resurrected. What he's referring to here, however, is that after that resurrection, he will have to go back to be with the Father, and it's going to be on the disciples' shoulders from there on. No doubt Jesus sees the disciples' eyes go like deer in headlights when he says this, and so he calms them down with the good news. Yes, Jesus is going to ascend and no longer be bodily present with the disciples, but... 
the Holy Spirit is going to enter the picture as a spiritual advocate of the things that Jesus has been teaching. She will serve as a reminder of the things that Jesus instructed as a sort of Jesus compass pointing the disciples in the right direction. Why is this necessary? Peace. My peace I will give to you, says Jesus, so don't let your hearts be troubled. I am leaving this peace of knowing that I am around right here with you. Don't be afraid. Now, full transparency here, I'm not Pentecostal, but I love the Holy Spirit. Don't tell the rest of the Trinity, but it's kind of the one I feel the most connected to on a daily basis. I've had night terrors since I was a kid, and when I get the most scared, I close my eyes and I tell myself this phrase, okay, anything worth worrying about can wait for tomorrow because I know you've got me right now. Now, who am I talking to whenever I say that? The Holy Spirit that I believe is within me and through me at all times. Does that make me sound like a lunatic? Maybe, that's fine, but it genuinely gives me a sense of peace whenever I need it. The Godhead may be present in all time and space, but for some reason, the Holy Spirit is the one that I feel the closest to physically at any given time. I know that I am safe. I know that I am secure. I know that I am held in the peace of Jesus through the blanket of the Holy Spirit. Another easy word for this is faith. I have the belief that the Holy Spirit really is my advocate, really does have words when I don't, really does serve as the Jesus compass I need in the confusing polarity of human living. It's by that faith that I keep an ear out for the wisdom of the Spirit and trust that I am going the way of love. The issue with 12 minutes is that nothing actually ends up changing. And maybe that's just the cynicism of the game dev coming out of the art. The man is in this mess because he is in love with his half-sister. He locks himself away in a false world after being abused by his father, who is trying to beat this infatuation out of his child. After exploring dozens of possibilities within the dream world, he comes to the conclusion that the right thing to do is to forget about the possibilities and just live life. Experience the day. Carpe diem. That's all well and good. But without a compass, you're walking off a cliff. The reality of the dream world is that mistakes are temporary, and they do start over without consequence on that 10-minute loop. But in the real world, consequences last forever. Getting out of the delusion is an important step. Accepting reality is an important step. But this game totally skips over what you actually do once you get past the acceptance piece. James McAvoy is a bull in a china shop without any game plan. What this game is missing, in my opinion, is Jesus. But objectively, this game is missing purpose. And purpose is fueled by our faith. Faith in what? Well, that's the variable. My faith is in Jesus. My compass is the Holy Spirit. What decisions I make, those are determined by what I put my faith in. And what decisions you make, we make, those are determined by what we put our faith in. And even after this six to eight hour journey in his head, I have no idea where this man has his faith. It's certainly not in his dear old dad. It's not in his sister wife. And it doesn't really feel like it's in his own sense of self either. The man is just as lost at the end of the game. Only now he's lost in the real world. And as Jesus said, that's a scary place. It's a place that needs peace. Jesus has offered that peace, but it is up to us to reach out and grab it. So whether you're just breaking free of a mind-altering dream state, or maybe you fell out of love with the church a long time ago, or maybe you've just never given Jesus a chance, we are always open and always welcoming here at Checkpoint Church. But we're not totally into the sister wives thing, just FYI, one step at a time there, Mr. McAvoy. 
Thanks for listening to our weekly nerdy deep dive into the world of nerds, geeks, and gamers. We hope you enjoyed the podcast version of this show. If you'd like to experience this video in its intended full viewing, feel free to find us over on YouTube at Checkpoint Church and watch it there. If you're interested in supporting what we're doing, feel free to go to www.checkpointchurch.com support for information on how to donate or support us financially or otherwise. Or you can go through the Anchor app and support us there as well. This program is created, produced, and edited by Nathan Webb and distributed by Anchor. Find us on twitch.tv slash checkpointchurch where we'll be streaming on Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. Thanks again for listening to our show and remember, God loves you, we love you, you matter. Be boldly blessed and we will catch you next time.